good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut, any cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Karagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot, and we discuss local and national Native news and events, and as you know, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. I just want to remind everyone that this portion is uh, supported by uh, Minsure. You know, uh, if you need any health insurance, Minsure has a plan that covers your family's doctor visits. Visit mnsure.org and uh, you can find some free help. Hey, uh, we are really pleased to have Gina Peltier on tonight. And Gina has a few things that she wants to talk about, but also Gina's uh, pinch hitting for the news. So welcome, Gina. Thank you so much for being on. And I think I'll be seeing you in a, a day or so, right? Yeah, so um, thank you so much, Robert, for having me on. Mikanakuji and Iniwag, Gina Peltier, Indigenous Kosh, Anishinaabe, and Dunjaba. Mikanakuji and Iniwag. I'm Gina Peltier, Black Bear Clan, and I'm Turtle Mountain from the um, Turtle. I'm Anishinaabe from the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa. And yeah, um, I'm pretty excited. Um, we have an event going on here tomorrow. Um, but first, before I get to that, I just want to quick a really. Uh, I want to share a really nice story with you all. Um, because it has a great message. Um, so here to get started, um, more than 3,000 leaders from government and business participated in the World Economic Forum on Wednesday in Switzerland. Uh, according to an article in the Indian Country Today, National Congress of American Indians President Fawn Sharp told world leaders that indigenous knowledge and lands are key elements in a global climate change strategy. More than 3,000 leaders from government and business participated in the World Economic Forum. A new report was released by the forum embedding indigenous knowledge in the conservation and restoration of landscapes. The report, the report found that indigenous communities are already a part of the solution. Imagine that. Evidence shows that indigenous custodianship where it's been able to be maintained has a direct benefit to the environment, the report states. About 32% of the world's mappable territories are still owned or governed by indigenous people and local communities. Of that, 65% are considered in good ecological condition. That is to say they have zero to low levels of human modification, the report states. Nearly all of the lands maintained by indigenous peoples and local communities, about 91% are in good or moderate ecological condition, according to the report. Sharp said that the indigenous people reflect that optimistic future. And when you look at the scale of the crisis, one might think that we are weak and vulnerable, but to make it very clear here, um, and to the contrary, we are strong and we are resilient. We have in our DNA ancestral knowledge that goes back from the very first generation that was called to the planet Earth. Sharp was followed by former Vice President Al Gore, who said the climate crisis continues to get worse at rates faster than the solutions that are being proposed. Gore cited Sharp's support for a Washington State Green Energy Initiative that would have had a transformative impact on fossil fuels. They state, you've had problems in your area where you tried to get le legislation and the oil and gas industry came in and fought you, right? He said, every piece of pro-climate legislation at the national level, the regional level, the local level, municipal level and the oil and gas industry and the coal industry. They come in and they fight it tooth and nail and they use their legacy network of political influence and wealth to stop progress. 
He said these institutions have to be reformed so that the people of this world and including the young people of this world can say, we are now in charge of our own destiny. Sharp told global leaders that there is a connection between sacred lands and the climate. She stated, I personally have come in the last four months face to face with sacred sites at Oak Flat, entering the sacred place where the San Carlos Apache people leaped to their death. And I felt the thunder. I've been at Cheyenne and Arapahoe and offering prayers. And we were surrounded by 800 buffalo and we could feel them. We could feel their energy. And we are taught the salmon cannot get out of the ocean to defend themselves in courts and in lawsuits. But we are their voice and we are their guardians and we have that sacred duty. She says it's important to look at the science and then make the connection to the political decisions. So do not look at the decisions as a cost of business. Look as, at decisions as human existence and our relatives' existence for generations to come. So I really wanted to share that story. It's been something that's been known by many of us. Um, and it's got a great message. You know, we are capable and um, we are resilient. And, you know, we are a key species on Earth that could promote and have all this great future ahead of us if we work together and join together. Um, speaking of that, I do want to make sure I mention um, the event coming up because it is important that we continue to gather and continue to fight. So tomorrow in St. Paul, uh, Minnesota, Minnesota um, at the DNR, 11.30 to two water protectors are gonna gather at the DNR um, in honor of Joy Braun. Um, we lost Joy Braun late last year. Um, so, excuse me, um, they wanted to continue Joy's honor and her memory by asking to have a national day um, of action on her birthday. And it's also the second anniversary of the end of the Keystone Pipeline. So the event's called Spark Joy, Extinguish Fossil Fuels. Um, and urge President Joe Biden to stop fossil fuels and declare a climate emergency. So um, People versus Fossil Fuels put out this national call and you can check out, they had a virtual, uh, a virtual rally last night that they did post on their YouTube page. So you can easily um, check that out. And if you wanna host or have one of these events in your area, um, there's still time. You could go to, uh, um, you can register or check out if there is an event happening in your area at um, bit.ly backslash sparkjoy. So there might be one happening in your area. Check out that website and you might be able to find something. Um, but really, we want to show up and honor Joy Braun. Um, she was a true warrior and a water protector, and she was very instrumental in the role of stopping the KXL and fighting the Dakota Access Pipeline and elevating the crisis in the missing and murdered indigenous. So we're gonna answer that national call to action tomorrow, January 20th at the, at the DNR in St. Paul. And the reason we're calling out the DNR is because they were instrumental in helping Enbridge build line three. And um, I'm really hoping to see you there tomorrow, Robert. I'm really excited. A lot of people are telling me they're gonna go. Well, you know, I definitely want to go, and uh, I have a little uh, something going on at 11, but I'll go there afterwards. Uh, one of the things I was thinking, too, uh, I, I, you know, she was one of the big sparks in the beginning of uh, uh, No Dapple, and uh, with her beret and coming in there and speaking her truth, uh, like Nina said, she's, Joy was a true hero, uh, definitely, and gone way too soon. Yeah, and we're also having a letter campaign. So we'll be having letters that people can sign and they have room to um, put their own stuff in it if they want. And that's going to be delivered to the DNR employees because they get paid to protect the water and they failed drastically with um, helping Enbridge construct line three. So we're hoping to gather, hold them accountable, and then ask them to be water protectors with us and call out President Biden, Biden and have him be a climate warrior and stop all fossil fuels. Thank you so right. much, Robert, for having me on tonight. 
Well, and always great to have you on. Say hi to your brother for us um, in Winona, and I'll see you tomorrow. I won't be there right in the very beginning, but I will be there. Thank you so much for this very important information. Very, very important information. Peeny Gigi. Drink your water, everyone. Thank you, miigwech. Right on. We'll be right back with Robert Lilligren and, uh, and a surprise with uh, State Representative Heather Keeler. We'll be right back. Stay with us. COVID-19 is still here. It's not too late to get your booster. Staying up to date with vaccines can help you protect yourself from getting seriously ill from COVID-19. Get your booster at the 360 Colburn Clinic, operated by St. Paul Ramsey County Public Health, for a chance to win one of five $500 Visa gift cards. Each week in January, a winner will be selected from eligible persons age 5 and up who got their COVID-19 booster. To learn more and schedule your appointment, visit ramseycounty.us slash booster. J&S Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States, and 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's live and let howl. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, you know, this portion is brought to you by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. And I always like to say, uh, I don't know, I always like to say fighting for climate justice. Hey, uh, we're here with uh, Robert Lilligren, uh, CEO of uh, Native American Community Development Institute. And Robert, uh, I have a, a, a couple minute video here I'd love to play for our audience uh, to one of our representatives, Heather Keeler, who, uh, who's like a big time warrior. And she is uh, talking, uh, let me just set this up. She's talking during uh, the House Human Services Finance Committee meeting uh, a couple days ago. And she's talking to the commissioner in the Department of uh, Human Services, and uh, let's take a listen. Sounds good. Right on. Representative Kiel. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Commissioner. I'm going to need you to elaborate a little bit on initiate work to make Minnesota the best place for all children, including black, brown, and indigenous children, to grow up. What exactly is your plan to do that? Because the work that I've done with you all, I feel like um, doesn't necessarily align with that statement. So I'm interested to hear. I see that's like on the very last page. It's one of your big takeaways. And so just really interested to see that, especially because you haven't addressed the concerns that we have regarding ICWA in this entire like in presentation. Um, when you know that that's a pretty extreme situation that we're <clears throat> dealing with that you all have oversight mm -hmm. over. Mm -hmm. Commissioner. Thank you, uh, Chair Noor and Rep Keeler. Um, our plan is to continue to um, make this commitment part of every single thing we do. Uh, we don't have a specific set of objectives for uh, making that um, our work, but um, we do know that we need to go beyond talking about whether Minnesota is a good place for children and make sure it's a good place for all children. So that's the point of that biggest possibility. Um, and so we need to continue to um, bake 
that into uh, black, brown, and indigenous children, and so we need to focus on their needs as we continue to work and improve the Medicaid program. And it was a top priority for us. And so we've been working with the folks that are working to shore up uh, MIFPA uh, this session and um, deep into that conversation on a regular basis and making sure that we stay engaged with that and continuing to work on uh, ICWA compliance with our counties and um, and all of the aspects are there. ICWA training, we've had additional uh, funding added over the last few years, and we're going to continue to do that. So ICWA is very, very high on our list of all the things that we do to make that possibility a reality. Weapons of kill. I just find it concerning that it's nowhere. You're giving us a DHS 101 overview. And we know that Minnesota is worse than the nation for removal of Native American children 17 to 1. I've said this over and over and over. And you come to our committee and you're talking about the things that you do and you make the statement that you want to make Minnesota the best place for all children, yet you don't necessarily want to address, because to me it's fraud too. Fraud is not just about money. Fraud is about what you're doing with your oversight with our children. And I don't know how many more times I need to say it in this space or moving forward, when you don't even address it in any of your slides, and maybe it's a slide I'm missing that's online somewhere, it, it's really contradicting to say that you as, a, as an organization, as an agency, want to make Minnesota the best place in the nation for black, brown, and indigenous children and all children, yet you kind of refuse and turn your, your back on this massive issue that we have in this state. And I keep saying that. Like, if you're going to come and you're going to address issues in Minnesota and you're not going to bring up ICWA or MIFPA and you're the organization and the agency that oversees that, that's a problem. That's a problem for me. It should be a problem for everybody else here. So. I think that that's a statement that you need to take back to your agency and actually digest and like fix because from what I've seen in our conversations and what our tribes are asking, we're not on a pathway to make Minnesota the best for all children and we need to own our flaws in that because unless we own it, we're never going to fix it. So I would just appreciate that as you enter into this space, don't fool us. We're not here to be blind by the fact that we are mistreating our indigenous children in this state. And you as an agency has got to own that in some capacity. You cannot put a 101 presentation together and not highlight one of the biggest areas of concern that we should have as a state. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Representative Killa. We're with you. Well, hey, uh, Robert, welcome. Uh, you know, I, what I was thinking during that, uh, it's just not not even a generation ago that, uh, you know, you being a city council member and uh, that we would be able to have any representation or have anybody talk that way, uh, you know, standing up for our, our kids and standing up for our nations. Yeah, bonjour, Robert. Thanks for having me. And wow, I mean, Jimmy Gwich to Representative Keeler for, for saying what she had to say. I know from experience, it's not easy to sit in a room like that and say things like that, that extreme, very necessary truth telling. And and I just, my hat's off to her and, and really encouraging us all to support her and others who are willing to do what she just did. Yeah, it's very, it, it's, uh, I'm kind of teary eyed at watching it again because I edited the piece um, and uh, it's, it's got to be, you know. It's you can see it's kind of physically takes some emo, uh, takes some power out of her by doing that. It's mm -hmm. I, I don't know. It, it physically it must just really wear you guys down or wore wore you down, and it seems wear her down. Well, yeah. Thanks. I don't put myself in uh, that class. I mean, she's young. She's a warrior, like you said. But I do know, and I've been really trying to be clear when when you're putting truth like that out into the public discourse, it's important that the people that are listening to you know that it's labor, right? It's emotional labor. It is not fun. Uh, it's not a, a, a privilege to be able to say things. It's painful, right? And a lot of my work, day-to-day -day work, goes around to interestingly just lately around areas of extreme desecration of native lands by colonizers by industrialization and i have to remind the people that i'm talking to in in dry toast policy conversations this is hard yeah. you know and so i just i think 
the more we can lift that up. I mean, again, hats off to Representative Keeler for doing it. And the people who are listening to her need to know that it is not an easy lift for her or for anyone to talk about these very painful truths. And we're mm-hmm. doing them the service, right? Uh, right? We're giving them the privilege of hearing what the impacts of these uh, these policies, these practices have been. Wow, Robert, uh, what a great way to put it. Uh, we're giving them the privilege. It makes me think of, uh, I think a few weeks ago, we were joking on the show about, uh, you know, uh, land acknowledgements and being paid and the people <laughs> coming in and... Uh, and it's just like, uh, you know, uh, do your homework and, and do your own land acknowledgement. Right, right. Google it. That's what I say these days <laughs> when people ask me for Google it. But to that, Robert, I will tell you, just in the since our last conversation, and, and you know, I, I have the huge privilege of being in a number of policy tables where, where you know, I try to influence how, how the system works. Uh, response to some of the the issues of the desecration of the damage that they've done to to native people native lands native communities and and i'm trying i'm starting to step beyond the idea of uh land acknowledgements you know i'm actually helping a board that i sit on it's our the minneapolis convention and visitors association board i'm an officer of that board and we're we're working on our land acknowledgement but now to me it's like what is the next step how do we manifest the acknowledgement to the damage that we've done, the land that we've stolen? How do we implement that into practices, policies? And now at the Met Council, I'm a Met Council member. It's our, our metropolitan regional governance. I'm trying to figure out how we actually integrate that into, into our land use policy guidelines and things. So it's not just a statement but it's actually something that's living and manifest in, in our practices. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. And you know how a lot of the red power started back in 69 when they took over Alcatraz, because that it's somewhere in the treaty said uh, if any uh, uh, federal land was left vacant, Native Americans could take it uh, to give it back to them. So something like that in the cities would be awesome. I agree. And so now we're a generation beyond that, maybe two generations. And so what does land back really look like? And and I got to say, when I listen to people like Representative Keeler and just acknowledge my own privilege and access into conversations about how we can actually effectuate that, how we can do it, I just, I'm, I think these are interesting times and I feel very, very grateful to be where I'm at. Yeah, really good point. We're going to uh, take a quick break, and uh, we're going to do the rest of the show with you, Robert, if you have time. Oh, because, uh, sounds good. You, we ate up a little bit of your segment there with a uh, state representative, and I took told Wendy to take the night off. And uh, so, yeah, you know, it, it's good to be on the air. It's good to talk about these things. It's really good to know these people. Because I don't know if you remember when we were having our symposiums during COVID, you stopped in a few times. Uh Heather Keeler was on many times and uh, as much as she could because she was running for her first, uh, her first cycle. And uh, wow, just watch her growth and mm-hmm. who she is. And, and she got reelected and now she's not holding any bars back, obviously. Love it. All right. Hey, we'll be right back with Robert Lilligren. And this is Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake. I'm Woke. I'm All of Above. We'll be right back. Winter is here, and there's a good chance your home isn't being heated efficiently. And it's likely because of air sealing and insulation problems. Inadequate attic insulation is the leading contributor to high energy bills, cold rooms, and ice dams. Great news, the energy-efficient pros at Snap Construction can fix it all. Stop the heat from leaking out and save. Call 612-333-SNAP or visit snapconstruction.com for your free infrared energy inspection. Install with Snap Construction and qualify for over $750 in rebates and incentives. State and city programs are now offering 0% financing for qualifying insulation upgrades. So call Snap Construction for your free insulation energy consultation and start saving on your energy bills. 
Call 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP. Or visit snapconstruction.com. Snap Construction is arguably the most well-reviewed insulation and exterior contractor in the metro area. Visit snapconstruction.com. Hi, Matt McNeil here. For the last two years, AM 950 has been so grateful with all the members who've signed up to support the radio station. And as a thank you, we've sent out the AM 950 calendars. Well, for 2023, get ready for even more thank yous. The AM 950 2023 calendar is ready to go, featuring photos I took around Minnesota. Members who sign up with a one-time $50 membership or a recurring monthly membership of $10 will be helping to support the largest progressive radio station in the state. And as a thank you, we'll send you the 2023 calendar. Brand new this year is the AM 950 National Parks poster. The poster features photos I took of the national parks in various locations in Utah, Arizona, and Colorado this year. If you help support AM950 by becoming a member with a one-time $99.50 donation or a recurring $25 per month donation, AM950 will send the poster and the calendar as a thank you. Help AM950 keep broadcasting the powerhouse progressive lineup you love and help keep Minnesota blue. Go to am950radio.com to sign up as a member and thank you so much for supporting AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. This is Santita Jackson. Monday through Friday, 6 to 8 a.m. Central, we'll bring you the best progressive talkers, thinkers, and doers on AM 950, Minnesota's progressive voice. Don't drive too fast or you will miss Scott Jamama's Hot Barbecue. Scott Jamama's offers huge taste out of a little place. Located at 3 West Diamond Lake Road near the intersection of Nicolette Avenue and West Diamond Lake Road in Minneapolis, this tiny hole in the wall offers mouth-watering baby back ribs, grilled chicken, and half-pound pulled pork sandwiches. Don't forget to add the potato salad, spicy baked beans, twice-baked potatoes, and delicious desserts. Find their winter hours and full menu at scottjamamas.com. Hi, I'm Scott Peterson with the Minnesota News Network, inviting you to join us this week for Minnesota Matters, a news, entertainment, and sports show covering everything that matters in the North Star State. Tune us in right here or at your convenience at minnesotanewsnetwork.com. Listen to Minnesota Matters every weekend, Sunday mornings at 6.30 on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. animals pick your insurance? Do you really need to experience mayhem to get the best rates? Or how about a celebrity quarterback or fake university saving you money? There's a lot of marketing stunts when it comes to insurance, but what you really need is someone looking out for you. Call Array Insurance, and they will work hard to find you the best insurance coverage and rates. So avoid gimmicks and call Cheryl at Array, 763-504-3067 or ArrayInsurance.com. Array Insurance, working hard for you. Help Warner Stellion grant wishes for Minnesota kids this year. We'll donate $50 to make a wish for every qualifying appliance purchase. Together, we could give up to $100,000 during Warner Stellion's great give back event. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for cloudy skies tonight with a low around 18, Friday cloudy with a high near 24, and Saturday cloudy with a high near 28. The Great Wall Restaurant has provided a delicious taste of authentic Chinese cuisine since 1981. Specializing in Sichuan and Mandarin dishes, the Great Wall Restaurant offers one of the most extensive Chinese menus in the Twin Cities. Located just north of 50th and France on the Edina-Minneapolis border, order now at greatwalledina.com. This is uh, Leonard Peltier. I am in uh, Coleman 1. U.S. Penitentiary, and I'm listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, this portion is supported by the Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue, Minneapolis, uh, honoring health and tradition. I'm here with uh, Robert Lilligren, and, uh, you know, it, it was hard to go to the commercial there because uh, of, uh, of motion and uh, uh the proud, I, I, I'm making up words, the proudness <laughs> uh, uh, that we have for our representative. Uh, it's still, uh, it's still hard to believe in one sense in the last, uh, you know, our, we're roughly the same age that we're, we're dealing with these good things that are heading our way uh, slowly, but surely. Mm-hmm. It is, it is. And again, just to be so grateful and supportive of Representative Keeler for, for what she's willing to say, what she's willing to do. And, you know, and uh, Commissioner Harstead, Jody Harstead, you know, heard her, had to hear her in that kind of a setting. 
I've known Jody Harpstead for a long time, probably 20 years uh, since uh, since she worked for Lutheran Social Service here in my neighborhood. And then as she went on to lead that agency and then shifted into her commissioner position. And I, I believe her heart's in the right place. And even someone who um, has the ability to be, or the potential to be such a strong ally in our community, like Commissioner Harpstead, she needs to be nudged, right? She needs to be made aware. She needs to be enlightened and she needs to hear the truth. So that's again yeah. why I'm so grateful that Representative um, Keeler can do that. To that point, Robert, I think it's really important. Uh, you know, we talk about, you know, uh, sending the governor an email or calling them or any one of our representatives because they do listen. And they do listen. Maybe, maybe it was just, uh, you know, giving her the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it was just, uh, maybe she thought it was just goes without saying, but. Um, you know, being there uh, as a representative and representing uh, her district, but also her people and uh, and the record and uh, the relationship with the eleven tribes here in Minnesota, she had to speak up. That's such a good point. And you know, I know from my time here on the Minneapolis City Council, you know, I had my district. We call them wards that I technically represented, but as the first and so far only tribal citizen to serve on. Minneapolis City Council, I had a huge non-geographic constituency, right? Native people yeah. found their way to me, to my office, to elevate their issues. And, and, and I took that as a huge privilege and, and a greater responsibility. So, so someone who may be in a, a, a district, you know, uh, uh, Representative Keeler's district is fairly rural. I mean, there's cities in it and everything, but there are other similarly situated rural representatives or greater Minnesota representatives that don't bear that same burden, right? So she's really needing to step up for, like you said, uh, you know, the 11 tribes here, the scores and scores of uh, Native people who are not from Minnesota tribes who still feel more represented because she's there and able to say those things. And so she's carrying an additional burden, right, that many of her colleagues aren't. Right. And then before we move on, maybe you can just let our audience, because we get new people listening all the time over civic media, uh, all over uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota and the Dakotas, uh, what ICWA really is and, and why it's, uh, it's a hot button right now and always been a hot button for us. Right. And I'm no ICWA expert, but of course it stands for the Indian Child Welfare Act and it's legislation that specifically identifies measures, means that need to be taken to care for uh, Native children. And what Representative Keeler was referencing there is that here in Minnesota, we have the highest uh, placement of Native children into non-Native households uh, when they're taken into both foster care and adoption. As we know, Adoption like that was a key strategy of forced assimilation and, and the uh, efforts to completely eliminate Native cultures in this country. And so it's a very important and sensitive and hot button issue here, and especially here in Minnesota, where we right. perform the worst in the nation. And so ICWA is under attack at every level, state level, federal level, yeah. right now, Supreme Court level. And so it's very important that we have warriors like Representative Keeler defending it. Yeah. And uh, my tribe sent me to Washington when they were uh, hearing the hearing for ICWA and the Supreme Court. And we know what happened uh, and what they uh, have not hidden their agenda about what's going to happen, um, the new Supreme Court. Right, it's not hidden at all, right? And it was just sort of a first a first domino to fall. It's a way of attacking sovereignty on all levels. And yep. so if ICWA falls, so goes a lot of other uh, federally um, recognized and protected rights for Native people. So let's get back to what you were talking a little bit about um, when we were we were talking about land back and uh, a little uh, little history out there from uh, Alcatraz when that was taken over and, and somebody like John Trudeau was very very young and doing a radio show from there and uh, um, so do we have anything like that in Minnesota or Wisconsin where if the federal land is abandoned? Um, that we could take it over? Uh, I really don't know, so I thought I'd ask you, or maybe you don't know. 
And I really don't. It's not, I'm not a lawyer. It's not my area of expertise. We have seen some really, really uh, positive instances of land back recently here in Minnesota, uh, which is exciting. And, uh, and in my day job, you know, I get to work on uh, some similar issues right here in Minneapolis and about how we can recognize um, sort of native rights to particular places to land here, to our land, uh, even if there isn't technical sovereignty. And I'm involved in a super interesting project down by uh, uh, St. Anthony Falls and Spirit Island, trying to figure out what that looks like. And, and it's not radical activism as a matter of fact it's uh arduous and time consuming and, and sometimes a little painful but i think we can figure it out and i feel like if we can figure it out here can we transfer that to other areas not just in the twin cities where there's plenty of opportunities to do this but statewide or even nationally yeah wow that that's really exciting and uh to have you there and uh to uh speak up and in regards to uh, native, native land back, really, right? <laughs> yeah, that's really what it is. And and again, going into those spaces that aren't used to hearing the, the truth telling, like Representative Keeler was doing in your film clip, but need to hear that, right? And yeah, and and again, I just feel so privileged to be in those spaces. Well, and then you know, your good friend and um, and uh, Lieutenant Governor has been is going to be sending us. Uh, Starting this week, she sent us a nice little segment um, talking about what's going on. She speaks about coming into a gallery, a gallery that uh, isn't made for her and wasn't made for our people. And she used to speak about that a lot and still does once in a while because I see her around a lot. Um, that's got to weigh heavy uh, emotionally and physically on her. I'm sure it does. And, you know, before she was our lieutenant governor, our uh, our whiter sister, Peggy Flanagan, was a legislator as well at the state capitol. And so you walk in and you see all these uh, depictions of the indigenous people here and these depictions of colonizers taking land, desecrating land. <laughs> I mean, those yeah. are meant to send a message, right? Those are meant to make Native people feel bad about themselves, about their histories, about their cultures. And so just stepping into that space is already uh, uh, an oppressive action, right? And then sort of to rise above that and to to point that out and to do that kind of truth-telling in those spaces takes a lot of strength. You know, uh, I don't know if a lot of people listening, uh, especially in Wisconsin, know about our state flag, but uh, that's a really interesting... <laughs> You know, where you're talking, I was thinking about that. That's a really interesting uh, little cartoon or, or I don't know how you'd put it, a little graphic there of a, of a farmer that probably stole the land, has a rifle, <laughs> a rifle right. on a on a stump or a tree stump and uh, a wild Indian in the background. Right, right. And that kind of imagery just pervades, you know, the city of Minneapolis seal and, and others and in and that was an acknowledgement, right, by our our forebears here that they knew what they were doing. They yeah. knew they were stealing land. They knew they were oppressing and eliminating people. They put it right into sort of official symbolism. And so, so when we talk to people today, and you know, you'll often hear, "Well, that wasn't me. You know, that was right. that was years ago. I didn't do any of that." Right. You can point to these little like breadcrumbs back to their forebears who did it. Right. Point out to them that this was very intentional. Well, we talk about uh, the removal of the Ho Chunk. Uh, we don't talk about it a lot here, but the removal of the Ho Chunk out of Minnesota and all the lands that was taken and stolen. Uh, the crops were already halfway, uh, uh, you know, grown, and uh, you know what we like to call the European European Americans as opposed to Native Americans. Uh, they just took over the land and um, took over the crops and said, see you later. And a uh, big thing coming, you know, with the Knights of uh, the Forest, which are the precursor of the clan um, that removed the Ho-Chunk uh, people here out of Minnesota right after the Sioux Uprising. Right. A very um, 
very uh, much an untold story, right? I would say more, a lot of Native people in the state, but certainly non-Native people have no clue about that um, dark part of our history here, or a clue about many of the tribes that this this land home. And most most folks, or many folks now know that this was Dakota land, that the Ojibwe are a prominent presence here in Minnesota, but Ho-Chunk and other uh, tribes and traditions aren't even, aren't even talked about here. Right. I always say too, people, uh, uh, under 40 don't know the story. I think people over 40 do know that Ho-Chunk have been here for 10,000 years and there was no state lines and, uh, we were all over the place and we have, we, uh, you know, are recognized, not recognized, but we have, uh, a history in Illinois and uh, Iowa and the Dakotas too. We were all over the place. Right, as were so many Native people, right? And I was just thinking about this earlier today, Robert, about how much the system of colonization relies on what's not said, right? And what's not discussed. And so perfect example here, I was reading an article in New York Times about a new grizzly, grizzly discovery in Canada about more graves of residential school children and the whole article not one reference to the same thing happening in this country wow hey Robert uh, stay with us would you for the last segment here you're listening to Native Roots Radio and I'm with Robert Lilligren and a Native Native American Community Development Institute and a lot of other things great to talk we'll be right back after this short break stay with us Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States, and 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's live and let howl. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. COVID-19 is still here. It's not too late to get your booster. Staying up to date with vaccines can help you protect yourself from getting seriously ill from COVID-19. Get your booster at the 360 Colburn Clinic, operated by St. Paul Ramsey County Public Health, for a chance to win one of five $500 Visa gift cards. Each week in January, a winner will be selected from eligible persons age 5 and up who got their COVID-19 booster. To learn more and schedule your appointment, visit ramseycounty.us slash booster. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves. Please join Howling for Wolves on Wolf Day, Tuesday, February 7th, 2023 at the Minnesota State Capitol. You can sign up on Howling for Wolves event page. Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm here with, uh, welcome back. I'm here with uh, Robert Lilligan and I'm going, every time I hear that, I think we have to, if Wendy was in a union, we'd have to pay her each time uh, for being on. <laughs> <laughs> she's got that little, a little, little, yeah, it's great. Um, so, you know, in thinking of a Wendy too, she always would send me a note when we were talking and, or if I'm talking to Dr. Stately or anything is to, Ask them what they want to talk about. So what I'm going to do in uh, memory of my wife is uh, <laughs> is ask Robert, what would you like to talk about here in this last segment? 
Well, I appreciate that, Robert. Thank you. And just to acknowledge Wendy's still here, right? It's not a memorial yeah. or anything like oh, no. that. She's, she's in New York and she was on yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And I've been following your, your travel so on social media. And you know, I, I enjoy the directions our conversations take, as I'm sure they sound to the to your listeners. They're very spontaneous <laughs> conversations, and that's just fine. And so the, the one thing I kind of prepped up a little is what's happening more on the federal level. It's just been drawing my attention. You know, there's so much going on here in Minnesota at our capital. It's very dynamic. Our legislature mm -hmm. is in session. We have, for the first time in a decade, a democratically controlled Senate, House, and Governor's office. So lots of hope there, right? And and I'm not in it, but I'm close enough to what's going on at the Capitol to, to, to see how dynamic it is. And so, so I've been really shifting to watching what's going on at the federal level, and it's it's so fascinating with the new uh, Republican majority in Congress and the House, and how they're sort of preparing themselves you know they're going to have their first big test i think their first big test in the uh in the the debt ceiling right we've just hit our debt ceiling in this country and something's going to need to happen you know and so so kind of watching that play out and then of course another is in the uh whatever speaker mccarthy did to get that speakership to get the gavel right and so now we're starting to see some of his deals that he made percolate up with an oversight committee you know which is just crazy and so 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 that's kind of what's been drawing my attention lately he has no power and it just proved that for 15 well i don't know 15 votes i don't know how many days that was a week um and so he's put people in these committees that should be, uh, you know, they shouldn't be in the committee because what they're studying is what these people did. <laughs> right, right, exactly, yeah. Especially the oversight committee, right? That's become right. kind of the QAnon committee with people <laughs> like Representative Bobart and Green, Taylor Green and others and, and people who should not be overseeing the intricacies of our democracy, but but they are. They're empowered yeah. and you're exactly right. They disempowered the speaker. And so I was reading some analysis, several actually, that said the White House is actually kind of happy about yeah. that, although House Democrats are kind of freaked. But it's just gonna be so much easier to discredit their work right. when they have such extremists running the committee. You know, I, I got to bring up too, Robert, if you're talking uh, national too, I, I really feel like, I, you know, I got to tell you the story really quick because we only have a few minutes in the last segment here. So I went out to breakfast in New York in Long, Long Beach, Long Island, uh, very red area. And uh, Wendy, you know, sleeps till noon. So I was up early taking a walk <laughs> and I went into this diner that had Fox on there. And I'm just, uh, you know, I'm going, oh, what the heck? Let's just see what, what's happening here. And it, it was blaring into this diner. And this one gentleman said, kind of said to me, it's because it was when, uh, when uh, Biden's, uh, you know, the, the records and the classified oh, records sure. were at his places and he didn't say anything in the press conference and he was all upset. And, uh, and I said, well, these guys told on themselves. The other guy didn't want to give it back. I mean, there's a right, big difference. Right, he bought it. <laughs> right? He bought it every step of the way, right? Whereas, right. you know, Biden's been, there's really very little um, comparison. They'll make every comparison possible, but you're exactly right. And sort of the numbers of documents and in the procedures and the handling of them. It's so different. One represents maybe negligence, which isn't good by uh, President Biden, but the other represents true malfeasance. Exactly. And then we get, and then being out east again, uh, all this going on, you know, Long Beach is in Long Island. So we have this new uh, representative that we don't know who he is. <laughs> I, if right. it wasn't so, it's, I guess it's funny, but it's not funny. I, I can't look away from that, Robert. I wish I could. It's become kind of a guilty pleasure just watching every detail of the George Santos, if that's indeed his real name, right. the George Santos story unfold. And, and it's like a guilty pleasure 
of mine and it just gets get better and better you know now there's this drag his uh, <laughs> history of performing in drag there's the hideous story of how he robbed a disabled vet a homeless disabled vet of money to save the vet's uh service dog's life i mean it's just gruesome it's only in america right only in america <laughs> and he's kind of he's happened. kind of a young dude uh he uh has done a lot of lying for being such a young person yeah he is pathological clearly and he uh and he just amazes me there's i'm sure you've seen the clip where he's at a january 6th stop the steel rally you know speaking about how his first election was stolen from him just like uh 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 trump's you know and the big joke is he's wearing a it looks like a brooks brothers scarf that he stole from his roommate <laughs> his roommate has come forward i mean it's stuff like that it's so bad i can't look away i can't look away it's this, like watching a slow motion train wreck or something you know they they showed a couple i don't know what i was watching but they had uh the roommate on a couple uh networks oh, seeing, yeah. and seeing the poor guy looks like he's gone still going through trauma with the, the, him being a roommate. no doubt you know and i'm sure all everyone has experienced people like that right sort of pathological liars who who uh have no no basis in truth and you know just kind of get by but to see someone rise to that level of power and, you know, be willingly supported and protected so far by Republican yeah. leadership in the house. It's, it's shameful for sure, but it's, it's just shocking. Well, and, uh, you know, being out East during, the, during some of this, uh, you know, each Republican, uh, uh, lawmaker in Long Beach is saying you need to quit. You right. need to quit. I do give the local Republicans credit. They are standing up and and then several of other Republican uh Congress people from New York and Democrats for sure, but it's the leadership, right? They put them on committees. You yeah. know, he's got two committee assignments. It's like I don't as an American, I don't want that guy anywhere near legislating oh. for our country, you know. And and at some point where do you where do you take a stand? I mean, you can kind of ele elevate it up to the presidential race, right? As we're we're off on the 2024 campaign season. You know, when when do you take a stand against Trump? You know, you've had right. every opportunity since he lost his election. When do we actually say no more? Yeah, and um, you know, the the governor down in Florida is no uh you know, I wouldn't want him running for president either. I mean, he's just like slashing and changing history as he goes with the books and the colleges. Nobody's going to want to go down to Florida for college. We don't. My husband and I don't go to Florida anymore. We have relatives there. We have every opportunity to go. We have determined, made the determination. We're not going there. We're not spending our money. We're not supporting the state economy. And now DeSantis, Governor DeSantis, is going after going after trans people, trans transgender college students in an aggressive way. And and yeah. how how does that serve the people? How? And so I like that DeSantis is kind of coming out as a front runner because those front runners always crash and burn. So it'll be good to see if then that happens. But, wow! Uh, this next election, presidential election cycle, is going to be huge. For me. Right on. Hey, Robert, thank you so much for being on and really great. Always fun having a conversation and really uh, a meaningful conversation. And I really uh, enjoy this. And I know our audience does. All I have to say is free Leonard Peltier now. Mm -hmm.